Welcome everybody to Pop Flash. Uh, that's it. The dust has settled. Katowice play-ins and groups are over and we're getting into the playoffs. I'm Semler, your host, and joining me will be Richard Lewis and Thorin. So, Thorin, we'll start with you. How are you doing, man? Have you had a good week enjoying these groups? Yeah, in general. Like, I will say, I, what this tournament has managed, in my opinion, to recapture is, not directly, but it has gotten a little bit of the flavor of what it was like during the Major. Obviously, I was mm. at the Major, so it was a different vibe for me. But I remember thinking during the Major, like, I would be loving this if I was not this event. If I was just at home, I could wake up every day and just watch a couple of best of threes and pick between all the best teams in the world. Who the fuck would love that? So I've been enjoying it, yeah, for sure. Especially because I think the coolest thing for me is... This is one thing I think is mad underrated about esports in general. We never have this discussion. Is like esports, the way it's consumed is so alien compared to any other sport. Like there's no sport I watch, and I'm pretty hardcore in the ones I follow. I don't watch every fucking top team play. I just watch them play against your team or your fighter if it's like the MMA, you know. So, but the bizarre thing is about CS is that is basically how you enjoy it, isn't it? It's the idea that even if you're just following these two or three teams, you keep your eye on the little underdog that's coming up and then the team that's just like a miracle performance out of nowhere. So yeah, I found that it actually recreated created for me the vibe of the almost the pre-pandemic era of cs i think a little bit yeah i was just gonna say as well i think the quality of cs has been really good and lots of the games have been uh real interesting because obviously we're at, we were at, we're at that start where there's been a bit of a, a hard reset a great reset in counter-strike right you know we've had loads of new teams come out <laughs> uh we've had loads of people you know take a break and we all know how catastrophic that can be right um, and, you know, Na'Vi haven't looked like the all-conquering Na'Vi that won the major and went into the major, you know, as good as they were. They've looked mortal. They've looked like they can be got at. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that. So, so yeah. The thing loads. is, though, if this is the great reset, then why does the venue that they're playing at look like it's only just entered the second industrial age? I was waiting. I was waiting. You, you you will never learn. You will never, you, you will never learn. On a long enough time waiting for you to learn. It hasn't happened yet, but you know, maybe one day, guys. Maybe. But not today. Never today. No, no, no. Okay. But no, honestly, it's been um it's been a it's been a really good event so far. I think um you know the quality's been high, it's super exciting. I couldn't really tell you which way it's gonna go, uh in terms even, of who's gonna we even win caught it. that miracle that like Rops, it turns out, isn't out the event and boom, it's just even coming back and everything. Yes, like, I know. You know, you know, Richie, it looked like the event was gonna be completely scoffed by all those like stupid like people getting positive, tested positive last minute and mm. stuff, didn't it? Yeah, that's something well, to talk about. I mean, Faye's mm -hmm. playing with Rops on, uh, well, having to call in JKS. JKS yep. to the rescue, happens to have a visa. He's here in Europe and on a short notice, hops on a plane and turns out he even saves Faze on a couple of maps. He, he delivers a star performance as a stand-in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I, I think uh, we, I think it was Duncan that called it uh, on this very podcast that we did last time, just before it happened. Um, I wasn't away. He was actually in Denmark at the time and was kind of like ready to go and looking to get a stand in. So uh, I'm sure Sponge worked his magic behind oh, the sure. scenes and helped out, you yeah. know? Um, but I mean, look, he, you know, the, he's, he uh, did great work for them to get them to that stage. I think probably played some of the best maps I've seen him play. Uh, in a while, actually, because, you know, I was never really sold on him at complexity. So he did a great job uh, putting himself back in the shop window, so to speak. Uh, maybe we will see him back on one of these teams uh, in the not too distant future. But, uh, yeah, did his job for FaZe and obviously FaZe still in the tournament even at this stage. So good news for them. 
Is that not the great success story here? I mean, there was so much pressure going into it. I I remember talking about it uh, going into the tournament. As soon as the ROPS news broke, I'm like, great. These, this team can't catch a break. And also, all of my interest has almost gone out the window because I wanted to see the full five-man roster go into it and really see what this phase is capable of now that Kerrigan has got ROPS. And then we got robbed of that. Mm-hmm. It, well, I mean, now we get to kind of have our cake and eat it too because we had an interesting story with JKS, carry us through, kind of redeemed the phase storyline. And now we get to see them in the playoffs yes. with the full five roster. And also, the actual storyline now is amazing because not all, the funny thing is, Faze, uh, obviously, historically, with someone like Carrigan, they are the team best equipped to like work shorthanded, as it were. And they did. They navigated successfully through. The only team that fucking beat them was the best team in the entire world, Na'Vi. Even then, they took it to three maps. It was close. They could have won that match. Not only are they in the playoffs, but the, the matchup is perfect because if people don't remember, when we came back to lands, we had IEM Cologne last year and Gambit played against Faze Clan in the quarterfinals where Carrigan with the previous more crippled FaZe clan was actually able to beat them and that was like part of what like revitalised the idea that he's a great land leader and Gambit wasn't ready for land so, so we've already got that matchup set again and then on top of that Rops is back and this is the craziest part right even though I actually personally thought that getting Twists and Brokey in the HLTV top 20 I thought that was a bit of a push to me because I thought FaZe clan actually the one thing they lacked was like true star firepower but actually this tournament if Brokey had played in last year like he did in this tournament I would understand it like actually in this tournament he picked up the slack essentially and just had a whole bunch of like crazy games where he actually looked like a star player while they were waiting actually funnily enough some of the time for Ops to come back so to me the signs are mega positive for FaZe like FaZe really does look like the team where unlike G2 and Vitality where they've had their ups and downs with these totally new rosters because you're only working in one true new player and even in case, case it was in place of that player they've, they actually do look like they've sort of retained all the strengths of FaZe before but they're just a better team now like they can mix it up with every single team i've seen them play since they got rops on board yeah and, and like having watched them um you know once rops turned up uh you can sort of see how good they were i mean you know they they to talk about specifics they did throw the the game a little bit against navi they were oh, for in, sure you know they were in the dr- driving seat in mirage and what that really does come down to and you know this is by his own admission like i don't think an igl needs to frag all the time i certainly don't think in a team like what face has where it's absolutely stacked with talent i don't think carrigan needs to contribute too much to the board however there is a, a baseline minimum and, and nine kills and a double ot map it's not good enough and you know uh overall his adr across the series was like 50 it was like the lowest of anyone on the server just not a good contribution and ultimately that is what separated them from navi but on the positive side that's what we're talking about as being the the margin uh, by which they lost yes. and allowed Navi to come back. That it is just one aging IGL not being quite at the level he usually is, which is average, and that's all he needs to be. And meanwhile, all the positives are there. You know, Rops was getting his numbers, nothing flashy, nothing spectacular. Twists had some amazing rounds. Suddenly, Rain looks transformed. He's come back to life now that Rops is there. It's kind of freed him up a little bit. And of course, Brokey, who. I seem to remember, I think, you know, I want to say it was six months ago. 
The general consensus in the community was that Brokey was good, but he wasn't an elite level up, or he wasn't quite there. He, you know, he was uh, he, he was just decent. And Faze probably weren't gonna ever truly mix it up for the number one spot as long as he was the guy with the big green gun. And I think now, and I felt at the time like I felt he was gonna get there, and I and said so, and I think he has. I mean, I think like if you're watching Brokey play now, you're looking at a guy who's one of the best orpers in the world like no doubt he's there now you can say that about him and that's going to give phase an extra dimension so i hope this roster was going to be in the mix to you know to be in that top three over the course of the year i feel vindicated i i think i think yeah i think i think this is the other team uh that we're going to be talking about probably with g2 getting in there with navi and gambit so um yeah i mean a, a great first showing and let's not forget they they're obviously still in the tournament isn't that the true uh, joy is that we actually get to see this five man come back into the full uh, mix. And so hopefully Rops has been keeping sharp because, uh, I mean, he's been in isolation, essentially, and even had that little, wait, what are they doing again? He's having to fly home. Yeah, no, so the rules. Get, like, yeah. Originally, basically, the problem was the way it worked in Poland, apparently, is if you got a negative, uh, positive PCR, rather, then you were like were forced to quarantine for a set amount of days. So the, the pre premise, I believe, was this. This is what wasn't explained in his tweets, apparently, is that he isn't actually at the venue when he took yeah, the original no, test. He was like at a separate boot camp. So essentially, it was nothing to do with ESL. That's the issue here. It's not that he went to like where ESL's facilities are and then they tested and they were like, right, now you're just on your own. Because Obviously, the part that made no sense is how could Boomich play from his hotel room, but then Rops couldn't. So, yeah, the, basically the premise was the reason he was going to fly home is because he'd been told if you just do another test right there and you test, you pop, basically you just quarantined and you have to stay in Poland, but you're not going to leave it at all because you never arrived at their venue, obviously. So he was going to leave, but apparently he didn't need to and he was able to take like a different test or whatever where it just showed negative and he was just allowed to stay, basically. Yeah, it was it was basically sort of risk mitigation, but it did mean an extra day's travel for him uh, because he didn't want to risk being quarantined again, which is fair enough. Um, he was asymptomatic. I saw some people on Reddit, of course, where else, kind of like implying, oh, he shouldn't be traveling. He's endangering people. It was like he'd, he'd been clear for nine <laughs> days of any symptoms. And so sick of that, by the way. People I, yeah, talk really about all well. this nonsense about like following the science, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, actually, guess what? It is not going to be possible to live anything approaching a human civilization if asymptomatic people in cold seasons can't travel. I'm not exaggerating. Like, because the premise goes until you have any symptoms. You can't even know if you actually do have the disease or not. You can try testing, of course. Oh. But hasn't the last few years yeah. shown us that like that's very unreliable, isn't it? Yeah, oh, so yeah. I mean, you know, he was what he was trying to do essentially was like, you know, he felt healthy, he felt well enough yeah. to play, he had no symptoms. But you know, obviously, sometimes if you've got any residual in there, you can pop on one of these tests. Yeah, of course. False positives are super rare. They can't. And they said something like, I actually, I, I was ill myself at one point. I think they said something like, up to a month afterwards, you can still test positive on the yeah, PCR. Yeah, it's, it's possible. It's PCR. super rare, it obviously. The, like, the cycles depends on all sorts of stuff when it comes to the PCR, doesn't it? But yeah, I mean, long, long, long story short, basically, it was like he had to have an extra travel day just to ensure he could be at this stage. So, in terms of preparation for ROPs, pretty difficult, actually, to come in. And I think he's handled it, wasn't vintage ROPs by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought he put in a really stellar performance under the circumstances. You know, I mean, it said he traveled like on the same day he played the yeah. game or something, mad, right? Yeah. Like, he'd like barely had any sleep. I'm looking at this tweet right now, and already there's a red flag. 
at night, we decided I should travel from Warsaw to Katowice. Starts off like a novel, you know, and yeah. make a PCR yeah. test, <laughs> make a PCR test with ESL. Uh, red flag right there. Uh, it turned out negative, which means I'm cleared to play. Let's no sleep since yesterday. Tired as hell from the journey, but let's go. Right, he can play. He took a test with ESL. ESL benefit from having Robs in the playoffs. It's all lining up, boys. Did he take oh. the test or not? Okay, there we go. You you really you really you really are a conspiracy. Theorist. I wonder why he was it's coming in with that. It's true. Uh, no, but I mean, like, listen, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything like this in terms of a player, um, you know, like uh, really going the extra mile just to get, uh, you know, to play at a tournament since Golden uh, when he flew into yes. you know E League uh, and and yeah, literally, you know, that yeah, there was like a. For those that don't remember the incident, it was like freak weather in Sweden that would sort of delayed all of the flights by like 48 hours or maybe even a bit longer. So we had to fly in on the day of the tournament, uh, then found out the deep joy that is Atlanta traffic was in the traffic jam for like three, four hours and literally got to the studio just in time to play his game, pretty much rocked up, put down his keyboard and mouse and played. So, you know, it's um, it's it's great to see. And I know Rops has really been wanting to get into this sad sad thing was we didn't get the rops versus mouse uh grudge match it's true obviously yeah, true. but i'm sure yeah. that will happen at some point over the course of the year but you know back back to the topic um i think phase as i've said with this roster they have to succeed there has to be a degree of success over the course of the year they have to be in a few finals bare minimum for me um and they're off to a fly-in start while some of the other big names have faltered I even think that the bracket they've ended up with, this is just shows how bizarre the format is, because obviously there's an element to which you do know who you're going to play once the format plays out. It's just that like you you do want to, in theory, skip to the semis, so in theory, most people still want to win the group. But you look at it, even though FaZe came second in their group, I think they've got on the better side of the bracket. Like This side, the bracket's winnable, dude. They could be in this final. I don't know that they could win the event, depending if they play in the final, but this is a very winnable... Like I have, If I'm actually all three of those teams on their side of the bracket, I'm like, this is game on, mate. We can all be in the final on this one to me it's the other side with navi and g2 it's a super stacked one you know that's what i want to talk about really quick i think it's the perfect perfect uh, segue because now you're going to have a bunch of land veterans in phase who are going to be going up against gambit who mm -hmm. still you know now it's going to be the big stage arena play and we know what happened to them the last time they were on a stage like that they folded so we might as well just go right into the starting to discuss a bit of gambit here going into this because that's going to be the first match of the quarterfinals phase versus gambit what do we what do we make of Gambit's form in this tournament so far? Because we've seen we've seen that studio environment, sure. but now we're going into the arena. Right. Obviously, as you pointed out, like until they actually do it, until they're in a scenario or like when they played against, I'd say any, by the way, forget just Navi, even from the Fury match onwards in that stadium in Stockholm, they already looked different, like noticeably in the game, not as good, not as clean, not as confident, not like the same, like, like of hive mind that crushes you and you can't do anything. They already looked like there were holes in their game. So yeah, until they do it, like, I'm not going to say that like, oh, geez, they're definitely going to do it. No, you can, you never know if someone's going to regress, but I will say that a big positive in this tournament particularly is I think this is actually the first tournament I've seen where Axile actually looked like when he was online before. Because when he was online, there's a reason he used to win. He not only used to win the MVP, the whole discussion was people like me who think Shiro's a bit overrated, like com contrasted against the simples of the world. Well, like me, he's not even the best player in his team. Like, look at the impact the fucking entry fragger has. So that's the big difference to me is so far, at least they do look eye test wise, like they haven't had any issues thus far at the land. They look actually really good to some degree i thought some of the matches they played they looked like they could they could be in the final as well but i will always say like 
that sort of experience, like, it's why I think it's so unfair to almost call it experience, because it is literally, I believe you genuinely literally just have to have this happen to you a bunch of times, and then it's just, it's like, I, like, I always give the analogy, it's, it's like swimming, basically, being on stage. It's like some people just pick it up immediately, and you're like, wow, what the fuck? How, how are they sort of just naturally good at it? Some people, they have to literally take lessons. Like, it takes some ages to get over fear, insecurity, they don't know the technique and stuff. So to me... Like part of me thinks like they they won't be as good as they have been online gambit. They'll they'll go down a level a little bit on the land part here because there's too many players in their team are inexperienced. But I think as the events go on, I think I have started to see some maturity come through. I think they'll still be a good team. I don't pretty sure I don't think they're the favourite. Yeah, it's it's interesting for me because I'm kind of back and forth on gambit. I think sure they've looked good in fits and bursts at this tournament, but let's not forget they got off uh, to with a defeat. Uh, against NIP yeah, without yeah. device, always that asterisk there. You know, when you lose the NIP, you go, oh, okay, that could happen. Not, not device. He's not there. Um, the weirdest team ever, though, isn't it? So, oh, NIP without yeah, device is like insanely dangerous. Uh, it doesn't yeah. make any sense, does it? I know. No, not <laughs> make, nothing in this game makes sense anymore, does it? But, uh, but I mean, and then they, you know, dropped them up against Copenhagen Flames, who, as I said, I think Copenhagen Flames have shot their bolt. I don't think we're going to be talking about them as an international team, uh, probably by the midway part of the year. Uh, and then they played Vitality, right? And you go, oh, they too owed Vitality. They, you know, they battered them. This is like. Uh, 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 an unbelievably legitimate win. There will never be another map this year where Zewu goes three oh, for eighteen. Gosh. Yes, they, that was an that, anomaly. That that will not happen. So Gambit got the benefit basically of Zewu having a terrible day at the office on on a map that you know usually Vitality can mix it up on. So they go into this you know match against Phase now, and it's like well. Yeah, actually, I don't know. I, I could see Faye stealing it, for real. I, 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 I still am back and forth on Gambit because I don't think we've ever seen the online version of Gambit from the start of last year rock up to a LAN tournament, and I don't know if we will here. With all of that experience that FaZe has, I, I, I would make them slight favorites, honestly. There is the element that this is also one of the most celebrated. You know, it's like you've got Katowice, you've got Cologne, like just massive tournament of events that the players really focus on and uh and that there it seems like there's a lot of prestige attached to it so do you think that that's going to be like uh, that extra little what i'm saying is like uh thorin's uh, like thorin's example right do they need a, a smaller arena to to get the their feet wet before they start jumping into the deep end of the colognes and the listen kind of i i i don't we're only even talking about this because gambit have set themselves up for us to yes. talk about it you know it's like the 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 idiocy of that interview at the major you know, saying oh, stadiums don't affect us. And then it's like, well, when have you ever played in one? Oh, okay, you haven't. I mean, no one has, by the way, for like a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you haven't at all in your entire career. You don't even have a fucking memory of it to draw upon. And then you say that, and then you are visibly shook as you get destroyed by Na'Vi in that environment. And then say afterwards, kind of sheepishly, yeah, actually, the crowd sort of did get to us a little bit because of the overwhelming support for Na'Vi and Simple. So it's like you do need to build up that experience. You do do need to learn the tricks of the trade and how you deal with sound and a hostile crowd and, you know, what being able to press buttons at key times and game the system like all pros learn. And you also need to kind of know how to feed off that energy when a crowd is, want, is willing you to lose. Let's be real. Gambit is not the 
beloved CIS team. I think FaZe will be again. Still. Seems like yeah. they still don't have that big a following, do they? In, in wrestling terms, they have never gone over. Yes. They've just never gone over. And yeah. I don't know why. Um, because they're, they're a likable bunch of hardworking dudes and they play great Counter-Strike. It's just one of those mysteries. That, maybe it isn't a mystery. Maybe oh, coming from the same good. region at Na'Vi means there's just no room at the inn. Uh, for two people from that region to be beloved by the community, but you know they're not, and a lot of and whereas FaZe most certainly are, and vet all of their players and the veterans there all individually are, so they might get find that it's a little bit hostile again, and they're going to have to work through that and learn how to channel that. You know, by the way, on the opposite team, Carrigan, the ultimate master of working with a hostile crowd, galvanizing his teams, you know, taking the cheekiest time out of all time. You know, he, he he's a master of that stuff. And so, yeah, FaZe have got to be favorites for that. Just wish that, uh, the, the, you know, he would be able to bring his noisemaker, you know, because that was uh, Copenhagen yeah. Games back in the day. Just rattling 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 making noise whenever uh whenever he could trying to mess with people yeah and there is that element there is that element all right so i think that kind of sums yeah, up game i think that rattles around copenhagen now is fucking zipnik's carrying his little can of fucking all that money he got isn't it what a fucking rat that there's, guy. A, lot of, there's a lot of money in that can Arms for the old minister retired minister i served this country well so yeah what are you gonna do now fucking nothing mate yeah well, well he's on uh he's, he's got a contract for four years doesn't he so uh you know what are they gonna do get rid of him the main problem, I think, for the Gambit team, basically, and this is something I don't think he can ultimately overcome, is that he, as much as I, I totally agree with what Richard said, they put all the spotlight on themselves with all those stupid interviews and comments where essentially the joke was, this is why it doesn't make sense why they did it, right? They're not good at PR. Like, it's not that they were doing it like Chael Sonnen or Conor McGregor style where they're just selling the fight and the image. They weren't doing that, clearly, because it's just not their aptitude. They're not people who seem to love interviews, etc. or no media. And they're not even in an RV, so they're not in a big team where you can even monetize that. They're just a tiny little... Essentially, people don't get it. Like, org-wise, they're like the CIS Ents, if people don't know. They're they're a tiny little org that started a few years back and they only make it by virtue of how good the players are, not by how big the org is. So if anything, they punch above their weight. Then you add in, right? If we hadn't known that they won all those online tournaments last year, this would already be one of the most exciting teams in World Counter-Strike. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, fucking hell, look at this team from CIS region. That's tearing up. They're going head-to-head -head with the best teams. They're beating teams like Vitaly. The problem is, though, the online era makes you think in your brain, unless they are literally a locked top three team, they failed. They're not as good as they are online so unfortunately that is going to be the dynamic that continues until they get enough consistent offline results now i will say if you go and look at their offline results they're still pretty good like actually they even put in some decent performances like going to the world final etc for blast so i still think they're going to be good the problem i have is i still haven't seen anything yet to tell me they can actually be the champion gambit and if you're not the champion gambit listen it's still cool i'd love to see you play against a lot of teams they have great matchups against people but I, one thing i think is interesting about the current era is this if i look at every other team in that bracket Minus maybe heroic. Every other team can win the tournament. Navi can, G2 can, I think Vertus Pro can. So if, uh, maybe even FaZe can. Who knows? So at this point in time, if I'm Gambit, that's the difference. You want to be in the group that can win the tournament, not just go like, oh, we had a great run to the final and then we lost. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's uh, it's it's one of those ones where it's like, I think Gambit definitely want, you know, they need to get a trophy under their belt pretty early on in the year. Uh, if they're really going to be a dominant force, be up there, you know, for the uh, Grand Slam, you know, and, and stuff like that. Because 
there's teams, sure, they've had a poor showing here, you know, particularly Vitality, but there are teams that are going to be way more relevant down the home stretch in 2022. And I think Gambit, it's going to be a lot harder for them this year. I think we've got, I think we've got the best top 10 we've had in a long, long time. I think we've got some teams that are legitimately going to pick up trophies at a canter. We've got the question mark about whether Na'Vi can be an all-conquering force moving forward. And if Gambit don't get a few trophies under their belt, you know, who's to say it's not going to start eating away at them. It's going to chip away at their mentality. And especially with the community, giving them all of the abuse and vitriol that they are going to give them the longer they go without winning one, maybe they feel pressured to make some sort of change and the whole fucking project comes, you know, unstitched. So yeah, Gambit really needs, I, I, I like, I think they need to be in the final, you know, I, I, I think just to sort of set the tone for the year personally. Well, there is a team that did make the change, and it actually does seem to get a bit more attention on the media and from the community, and that's Virtus Pro. We go down mm -hmm. to the second half of this bracket, uh, Virtus Pro, CIS region team, and yet they seem beloved by uh, by the org. At least, uh, you know, Jame, he's got a meme about him, and Yakinder yeah. always seems to get attention. But this is a roster that made some moves recently, you know, bringing Flit onto the roster, hoping that that would change things up, and here they are managing to make it into the playoffs of Katowice. So, I mean, our Virtus Pro, I mean, Duncan, actually, let's start with you because you made that point where you think even Virtus Pro can actually do some damage here in this bracket and can be a team that can win. What do you make of their odds here? What do you think of their uh, shape? I thought even the Virtus Pro before they brought Flit in was always like a dangerous Stark or specifically online because actually, like, you know how many of those teams during the online era were just products of the online era. So I already, for the major, was looking like, hey, this team could do damage. But obviously, that was the first tournament they played at with Flit. Like, they had to bed him in while playing the biggest tournament of the year. And what I think you saw was they just gradually got better as the tournament went on. They were really hard to play against. And ever since then, look, it's not like they won lands or whatever, but they've looked really fucking good, in my opinion. Like, the, t the crazy thing about this team now is they've basically done the sort of roster move every fan suggests constantly, but normally never works, which is you kick out the worst players, but who actually were the supportive structure, and then you put the next worst players, who used to, spoiler, be your best players like Kicker and Buster, you put them into the supportive roles, right? In history, there are literally only... 99% of the time, that doesn't work and you just ruin your whole team because the support structure falls apart and then the people who used to be stars are just bad supportive players now. Spoiler, FaZe Clan's done this about two years in a row or something. But if you look, the rare times it ever works in history, so in CSGO, the example would probably be Virtus Pro with Neo and Taz. They made themselves essentially the shittest players in the team. They put themselves in the worst spots. In CS 1.6, if people don't know, that's what the great Fnatic teams did when they brought in the next generation of talent, like Get Right and Gux. You had Khan and DSN, who used to be like, number two and number three in the team become the supportive elements. If you can actually pull it off, like I think VP has, mate, your firepower becomes actually ridiculous because what it means is you've got a bevy of star players like they have here. They have three players that they can put up with any team's three players. And yeah, that's why I'm including the Narvies of the world in the mix. Like, they can go head-to-head -head firepower with anyone. And then on top of that, look how long the core of Jim Buster and Kicker has played together now. It's also not a new roster. They've got this like, core that goes back years and years and years and years. So to me, I look at over the years how they've developed that really weird playing style and i think now when you add in like the fight that's like you already had like a fucking sick souped up sports car now you've got like the nos injection out of fast and the furious like i genuinely think this team can go all the way i don't know that they can actually be like a real world number one and like dominate the air but i just think if you look at them play they are easily one of the most dangerous teams in all of counter-strike every game every time i watch them play a series you can tell the other team knows that as well so i think this is a they've got a really good punch chance to go deep here in my opinion they have got a really hard bracket i will say like i said i think they've got probably the two best teams 
teams in their bracket. But if they can get through that, they just win the tournament, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think, uh, you know, look, what Flip was known for when he was at Forza was just, you know, ridiculous levels of consistency. He turned up pretty much all the time and did his job. And that's why he caught the eye, of, you know, of a few teams across that region. Uh, a lot of the fans didn't like the way the Sanji going out was handled. It was the messaging around the transfer was very weird. Uh, because obviously I think it was Jamin in an interview that said the players didn't want Sanji to go. We didn't want Flit here. So you're not off to an auspicious start there. Uh, and then obviously, if you remember those early games at the major with Flit uh, playing, didn't look great. You know, he, he, he didn't look like the player that picked up from Forza. And there were question marks about whether or not he was going to be able to hack it at that level because it was a clear step up. You know, fast forward to this year and he's... He's playing beyond the Forza levels. His consistency is ridiculous. He's an essential component of Virtus Pro success. And low key, where they're at now with the extra dimension it's given them, especially in direct comparison to Sanji, who Sanji was a walking fucking ATM for the rest of his team, essentially, um, just dispensing guns and saving them money. Uh, actually, you could probably make an argument that Flick could have been one of the better, you know, one of the best roster sure. moves of 2021. Yeah, you know, it, it it it's really leveled Virtus Pro up, and he's playing very very well at the moment, and has played well at this tournament, with the minor exception, uh, the small matter of losing to Heroic, which you know is like, if that's the worst thing you can say about how he's performed at this tournament, that's quite an accolade. So yeah, I think he's fantastic. I I really like Virtus Pro. I love him as a team. I love the individuals there. They've got a great handle on the media aspect of it they lean into the memes they're very you know forward facing let's say and um, I, you know look i don't think they can beat this g2 uh g2 feel really hot right now uh sorry i've just realized i've done the zoolander meme uh g2 so yeah. hot right now uh but but uh, but i mean it, that's going to be a hell of a series that really is g2 we're gonna have to work real hard to put vp away i think well, I feel like this is kind of we've kind of wrapped up the Virtus Pro situation, tied a bow on it, and I think they're, that's essentially summing it up. Uh, so let's go ahead and focus on their opponents because uh, I feel like there's a lot going on here with uh, G2. Obviously, uh, Alexi being in an interview saying, you know, the, if this window closed, that's it. I don't think I would have ever gotten another shot. So lots of pressure here on some of these players because of obviously Monacy as well. Massive change coming in from Carlos. Just roster change, roster bonanza. Who's going to be here? Who's not? And rather than uh, rather than it kind of falling apart or needing that time to kind of get everything going it feels like the team is gelling on the fly and they're here in the playoffs that monacy's popping off nico's doing great uh, nico's the top rated player in the tournament yeah. right now far and uh, away far and away just an absolute monster and it feels like even the back line is uh, is stepping up as well x as you know uh, doing his job as a coach so uh, richard let's start with you on this one uh, what what are you making of uh, g2's performance so far and uh, their chances here in the playoffs well, I'll be the bad guy uh, for you, oh, okay. I'll be the bad guy, and uh, I'll call Nate Osafix and ask what, he, what he's got to say about it, since he's the uh, resident expert. Uh, no, I won't. Uh, he's irrelevant to Tier 1 CS, so, yes, so there's no point. Uh, anyway, let's continue. Uh, okay. uh, listen, I, I think this G2... I mean, he was probably sniffing around this cat of 8 because he was waiting for that phone to ring, wasn't he? He was just sat there looking, oh, will it, will it, will it? Uh, yeah, I know. Uh... Every day, he was probably reading, mate, he was probably reading those ROPS fucking updates on Twitter. Like with fucking well, like fucking popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for like oh, testing, 
I did it! Like fucking Ozymandias or Watchmen or something. I did it! With like 15 screens of all the people. What, what was mad about him making that argument about, you know... It was tweet, though. It's like, what a bizarre diss. No, listen, he's entitled that. to his opinion, obviously. Not it's it's all, all about opinions, you know? And, and he, <laughs> and he, he, the he Because the context was like, look, as someone who doesn't even know like she'd be, here's my speculations. I'm not... What? What? Yeah. yeah, but like what what I thought was interesting was like he basically said like we can look at the results of uh, these two teams and make an inference that maybe Alexi B isn't as good an IGL as people think he is. But then if you go back three months on Reddit when people were talking about like another player, that one that he obviously likes, he was going, well, we could compare the last three months of HLTV stats, but that just gets us nowhere. So, he, you know, it's All like, right. it, it, it's, it's, and I nearly tweeted at it, but remember, hashtag new Richard. I'm not doing it on Twitter. Yeah. I'll do it in a All podcast. Right. But hashtag new Richard, there's no good can come of arguing on Twitter because everyone's a moron and Twitter is a shithole. But anyway, uh, what do I think about G2? Um, I think, listen, I think G2, uh, are, they've really surprised me how quickly they've gelled and got things moving forward. You have to give Alexi B credit, and Xtaz, obviously, credit for that, if nothing else, right? And we had question marks about what was it going to be like with a young brash ego coming into play in an eco side? Well, how was Nico going to respond to a new coach, one who's very authoritarian and stern? How was it all going to pan out? Turns out fucking wicked. Nico's playing some of the best CS he's ever played in his career at this tournament. Maybe the best, the level he's at. He's already talking about, I'm going to get a major this year and be the number one player in the world. He's feeling it. That's a great sign. Munazi was the big question mark because he's never played at this level before. He's had highlight reel clips at this tournament. And, you know, forget those. Forget the clips that everyone's going to rave about. And say, this kid's the best young prospect I've ever seen. Best in Siwoo. Forget all of that, you know, rabid foaming, right? Like, he's just unbelievably solid. That's the hard part. Go ask Lucky. Right? The consistency is the tough bit. So this G2 team is fucking wicked. I mean, let's just let's just say it like it is. They've got no right to be this far ahead in their development uh, at this stage. And so they're in with a real chance of making the finals of this tournament with their first outing of this kind of full lineup. Uh, sorry, second outing of this uh, lineup, I should say. Um, and uh, that's that's an unbelievable accolade because remember the ones that we all, the team we thought was was going to do it, Vitality. They're out with ninth to twelfth, so it's never as easy as you think. But re really liking the look of this G two team. Yeah, the tough thing for me with G2 is that I do think also that they are benefiting from the fact that for so many teams, this is essentially the first real tournament of the year, or the first LAN at least. So if you look at it, right, I still think they've got a ways to go. Like, they obviously haven't, like, made the final example of what this team's going to look like. But with all the other teams out there, as Richard says, like, they've just hit the ground running compared to the other lineups. Like, almost everything is working, at least within the sort of realm of where you wanted it to be at. Like, for me, in my opinion, the reason why the Monarchies signing was a massive gamble but was also on on a low-key level genius is because you really did have one of the aliens that just put up the best stats in the world in Nico. you can actually just like with Zewu and the bringing the responsibility you can fuck around a bit with your roster and bring in players that might not even instantly perform at the level because in my opinion if Fonacy had come into a team but he'd been thrown into a team a la Lockie and Astralis where it's like you're not only in the team you basically better be one of the best players in the world or we're just done instantly I think actually the pressure would be enormous on him and he might be in a gambit type 
type scenario where we're just discussing like when's he going to fail on LAN when's he not going to put the number because he doesn't have to do that at all in this team Nico's not only the best player in the tournament maybe even the, in the world right now I'll even grant that to the people who've tried it that case the last few months now we probably are in that territory where we can have the discussion if Nico's the best player in the world and Hunter's pretty good most of the time anyway and then you've added Alexi B who's a really good idea like you can see this team already straight fire and then Monacy essentially games he doesn't turn up they're still in and when he does turn up they just look really really strong like actually they're one of the best teams in the world already now I will say though they have had a few maps I've thought they've given up where it's like fucking hell like the real team should probably win that and like close some of these yeah, games up to yeah. zero etc but even with that said they're still at this point in the tournament they look mega like we say they might even have the best player in the tournament like there's a there's a world where they win this tournament like I would actually say if you're ranking teams to win this tournament they're probably at least like three or four on the list like, and most people maybe even have number yeah, two remember that you know they're only essentially playing this game because they had that like I, you know listen I, I would say it's a freak loss to Fnatic you know credit you credit to Fnatic by the way for that win and credit oh. to Alex who called great game uh, but you know you win on Fnatic's pick 16-2 in a best of three series and you didn't put it away but one one thing that is a feature of Xtaz teams they course correct you know, he, he he fixes them in real time at tournaments as they're going through the bracket. That's what he's good at doing. So, um, you know, I mean, by the way, X-Taz is going to be probably a shoe-in for Coach of the Year uh, by the end of this year. Uh, and I, I like I said, I, I can only see this team succeeding. I, it would be, to me, it would just be ridiculous uh, if they fail. Now, like, a lot of respect for Virtus Pro, but this G2 playing like they've been playing coming into this series should win. This is against a Verse Pro who are in the um, top half of the bracket, not getting knocked down at all. Mm. Uh, VP putting away the likes of uh, Nip, and uh, well, they only felt the heroics. I mean, yeah, they they, they had that they had that two zero against heroic, which it, that was actually pretty brutal if you watched that. The um, I mean, heroic. I mean, low key, we haven't really talked about them. No one's um, forgotten them since these new rosters came. Do you notice that? I will yeah. say, obviously, at the end of last year, yeah. they did flum, they did sort of fluff a few lands that on paper they were supposed to win or come top two or three out. But even so, like, I feel like until this bracket happened at this tournament, everyone else had just dismissed Heroic. They were also runs for everyone else, it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you have to understand as well. Like, so sometimes if you don't make any roster moves, that can be the best move of all, right? Yes. And like, obviously, nobody talks about you. You just get to do your boot camp. There's no attention. There's no expectation. The rankings are out of whack because it's got Astralis and NIP ranked above Heroic, which is absolute fucking nonsense. Um, and, and, you know, people have like took their eye off them a little bit. Meanwhile, you know, Heroic have like they've done numbers on teams at this tournament. Like they they are looking absolutely unbelievable. If you go and look at the results that they've had, the teams that they beat, you know, they didn't drop a map against Vitality, didn't drop a map against Virtus Pro uh, opening series. You know, yeah, they dropped a map against OG who were on that honeymoon period, right? And that was a mega close series, but that showed a very different heroic. Some, you know, that it showed their tenacity, their grit. Sometimes after a heartbreaking loss, like the one on Ancient, you know, they lose that sixteen fourteen after being, you know, up at the half. You know, sometimes Heroic capitulate a little bit. We know this is a young team. We know this, they've got some players who are a little bit susceptible to the psychological aspect of it. But they bounce back in that and battled really hard, haven't dropped a map since. And Heroic are in a, you know, don't, don't, 
you I, you can't say they're out of it by any stretch of the imagination at, the, at this competition. Might be that just having that stability is going to be the secret weapon for them. So, well, yeah, I mean, Stavin popping off as well. He's the second mm. highest rated player in the tournament right now behind Nico. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we talked about it coming out of the major that we felt that was where Stown sort of announced himself as a legitimate star player, you know, maybe a little bit prior to that, right? But he's always been a really good player. He's always been a prospect. He's always been a talent. But the one thing that always stood out about Heroic, the one criticism people always leveled at them was, who's your star? You know, they're all good. You can all take over a game. You can all top frag. But who's your star? Who does it every map all of the time? Um, we were waiting for that, and it turned out it was going to be Stown. He's decided now. And I thought he had a great end to the year, and he's uh, started this year and indeed this tournament, you know, on a heater. The guy looks great. So, yeah, I mean, heroic. Uh, definitely a team. You know, love them or hate them. And many do. You know, many go back and forth on that. Uh, they're definitely also a team uh, in with a chance of lifting the trophy here at Katowice. She thinks Stown's part of the reason why people have forgotten about Heroic because if people forget, he famously couldn't actually play at the Blast World Finals. He had to like, I think he actually was ill or something. I forget what the reason yep. was. And they had to have a standard if you're, I think Borok right. was came back, right? And so if if people don't remember, he didn't play what was basically one of the last big lands of last year. So on paper, you'll have remembered like Heroic did shit and that. Like, yeah, no shit. They've been the best player. So to me, I think all of that combined and then obviously they bombed that fucking IEM just before that. Like those two results basically made people like yeah forget about heroic it's like no don't forget about heroic the team's still straight fire like look they've still got plenty of problems they're also a team that's in my opinion they're still tracking to get super comfortable on the big lands in front of a big stage but the difference is they look they're ahead of the game on that one like they're getting there from the major onwards they're already looking great in that sense so i also think the fact that they're already in the semis like i'm i think that's a, whoever they play in that matchup I, i'd probably actually have heroic as the favorite like i think if you look at how they play at the moment the team form across the board I think slightly compared to those teams, unless it's phase, I think if they play against Gambit, they might actually have the edge of the whole crowd element and not feeling like as though you're going to get jinxed or whatever. So I, I think Heroic's probably a sleeper to go to the final for this tournament. Well, they do actually, I mean, we've been kind of building on that uh, that aspect of it, right? Where it feels like they have the, the easier bracket to go through uh, with, where they're going to go either against phase or against Gambit. So, I mean, FaZe and Gambit right now are both teams where, the, you know, there could be weaknesses as well. So, I mean, is this a shot? Is this like a, a clear shot for Heroic to, to stamp their name on it and say you, you, you need to shut them down and get into the finals? Or are we going to let one slide if they weren't able to make it this time? Yeah, I mean, I like I like the Heroic Gambit matchup. I think they've had some stellar series when they've played against each other. Um, and it's gone back and forth, you know. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, like I say, I, I'm not... Until I see which version of Gambit we're going to get in the stadium in a LAN environment, you know, I'm reserving all judgment, basically. I, I, you know, I would put a team like Heroic slightly ahead even. Now, that'll change, obviously. I'll totally change my tune if Gambit do beat FaZe, and if they beat them comfortably, you can go the other way on that one. But I don't think Gambit will. Um, I think you're likely to see Heroic FaZe. And you know, I think that's I think that's a coin toss. Probably would back Carrigan in that one, uh, honestly. Is it just because of experience with Carrigan's side, or I feel he has a tendency to just yeah, he, like he's just a student and a master simultaneously, right? He's one of those dudes who's you know he'll have a he'll he'll he's already crafting a plan 
He's he's already got the plan for Gambit set up. You know, he's, he'll already be crafting a plan for heroic. He always comes with something. He's just that kind of guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, experience and the fact that he will find a weakness and learn how to exploit it. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I, re I just really like Carrigan as an IGL. And people say with me and Thorin are super biased towards him. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. I don't think that's in doubt. But people seem to be like, well, what's he really done? Well... You know, every team he's been at has consistently got better. And this is the first time he's had an actual lineup, if we're being honest about it, at phase. I don't think that excuses the complacency or the underachievement by any stretch of the imagination. But this is this is the dream team. This is an all-star roster. This is arguably better than the all-star roster of phase back in the day, the one that lost to Boston Major. So, I mean, you know, they've got to be kicking on and winning things. And, uh, you know, Carrigan's going to feel bad. He's had that poor performance. He's going to want to atone for it. So, yeah, I think I, I could see FaZe in the final for this one for sure. I've literally never yeah. seen. And the, the only the only comparable one, because it's similar reasons, is because I liked them and therefore they had to be criticised incessantly, was fucking existence. I've never seen an in-game leader held mm. to the most impossible standard like Yeah, it's crazy. Think about his career, right? His career essentially is, yes, he didn't have the top success. He didn't win the major with two of the biggest teams of all time. Aside from yeah. that, though, they were still like number one team in the world or top two team in the world, like going head-to-head -head with the best teams in that era, consistent like top four finishes every bloody tournament, win a load of smaller tournaments. And this is what's mad. You what you know that people are haters to Carrigan because as soon as he came to that mouse sports team, they were like, before the team got good, they were like, ha, ah, so much for him being good. He hasn't even taken this one to the top. It's like, so you mean he failed one time ever? And then let's just check who he failed with. This is why the story's mega, because he failed with them. And then, spoiler, just did one little change and they became like a top two team in the world. He had a team that was like frozen, 17 years old, fuck all tier one land experience. Rops is like a year or two into being like a tier one land player and finally he's becoming a star player. Woxic isn't even a relevant player right now. And even then was sort of like a fucking guy who's an outsider, like a, like a gun for hire, like mercenary tile player, but not like any kind of a great player who's been in great teams with the whole history. And then your other players, remember, is Carrigan himself, who's supposedly internationally washed because he's just super old, and Chris Jay, who doesn't even play Couch Strike anymore. He took that team, and right as every fan was going, <laughs> but why hasn't he done anything with this team? He just literally went and like fucking smacked up like straight fire Astralis, winners of the major, led, I, what was it, like four tournaments in a row where he was in a land final, took the team to like number two or number three in the entire world. Like the joke is, no in-game leader ever arguably has taken a lineup that bad to that high in the world. Like, I noticed that all the people who are big fans of Glaive and call him the GOAT, he's just allowed to just coast these last two years. What is this shit? Like, dude, last year he had the real Astralis lineup and wasn't doing what I'm talking about. Carrigan doing with fucking Chris J and 17-year-old Frozen. Then Glaive now has two players that last year everyone would tell you are straight fire. Blame F config. Mm -hmm. This this is the point. There are IGLs that get excuses made for them and there are IGLs who aren't allowed any excuses. But that's what actually is cool about Carrigan's career, by the way, is... When you're a player as great as he is, you actually, at the end of your career, can just go, yeah, I'll take, I'll take it all. Yeah, I'll take all the criticism, all the, the results stand. So just as he's already had a mega career, he hasn't won the major yet, sure. But as you see, like we're talking about this tournament right now. I think how many years he's been in the game. His team was the best in 2014, 2015, rather, when they had the TSM team. That's when they became like a true elite team. It's 2022. We're talking about his tournament. His team might win this fucking tournament. There's no one else in the fucking mix of this tournament like that. Remember, yeah. Glaive isn't here in the playoffs. Like, Boomich was nobody a few years ago. 
Cadian was a shit opera who had failed a couple of years ago. Like, mate, this is ridiculous. Like, Carrigan's longevity just speaks for itself, mate. Like, he doesn't have to make any arguments. The the thing that worries me is that their failure to put Na'Vi away when they really should have done, I think they had, like, five series points against them. Um, their failure to do that, I, you know, I've seen this a little bit of a wrinkle for sure. Yeah. yeah, well, look, I, I just think it comes back to haunt you now because sure. the, quest, the, the question is, you know, could could Navi have come through like, you know, and and they would have it would have been them uh, who would have had to play um, uh, Gambit, obviously. Yeah, and, but and this then... is Kerrigan playing that four D chess. Now he's not on the same part of the bracket. Doesn't have to play him again until the finals. There you go. True. Yeah, I mean, you know, but then again, you don't want to do that either because you know Navi started out rough but they're getting better with every series and you can tell it's just a bit of a hangover metaphorical of course uh from the from the break you know that they've had in and a, a well-earned break at that uh so you know i wouldn't you, the more series you you can avoid you know you make them play the better probably because you know there's still a chance they might falter i think by the time navi get to the final yeah you know, I, I still see navi probably winning it overall but i think a navi phase final will be straight fire i, I think maybe you know maybe carrigan could do something there but obviously navi going to be the favorite well, we might as well touch on Navi real quick then, because mm. they are the last team that we haven't talked about uh, in this uh, playoff. I set, it up, I set it up purposefully for you, Sam. I think you did. I think you did. Yeah. It's almost like you do this kind of talking and hosting and uh, stuff as well, you know. Well, so, because, you know, listen, it's because I know you're in the hosting role now. So I, I think, where would I want to go? Indeed. If it and, was uh, me. It's effortless. It's effortless. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll just go ahead and continue down this path then. Uh, mm. Navi sitting in the semifinals, like you said, in, in true Navi fashion, really, starting a tournament a little bit cold, a little trying to figure things out, you know, not, not looking dominant out the gates, but they just continually get better and better one match after another. They look better and stronger, and, and really it is just the Navi style. They, they look a little bumpy at first, and then they just look unbeatable by the end of it. So uh, what are we thinking of uh, Navi after this here break? Are they, are they going to be the team to beat? Remember all those lands we had last year where the reason why, aside from the fact the other big names hadn't made their big roster moves, the reason why, on paper, all the stats nerds would tell you it was impossible for Na'Vi to lose is because every time you went to the event page and the, and the ranked players, Na'Vi would always have, like, three players in the top five or six. Or even if they were, like, having an off... They would have, like, three in the top ten. So already, logically, by definition, they had more firepower than any other team in the world. Right? Spoiler, this is why, actually, you should be scared about Na'Vi. Because every Everyone's telling you at this tournament, right? Simple isn't the best player in the world anymore. And uh, Navi already, look how embarrassing the way they lost was. Are they even good anymore? They, you know, they could have gone out a bunch of times, but they're still in the semi-finals already. And that's despite the fact that, first of all, Simple is the fifth highest rated player. Electronic is something like the 20th. And this is the one right now that will tell you, this is why you should be scared of all versions of Navi. Bit is something like the 41st ranked player in this tournament. This was the guy that people were saying before, like, he's almost as good as Simple. Like, fuck, the two, it, maybe it's between them who the MVP is at these lands. Like, the joke is, this is the worst ever that you've seen Na'Vi play on land with this lineup. And they're still in the semifinals. They still cannot just be eliminated earlier. Like, that's actually, believe it or not, the hallmark of a truly great team. Like, the, believe it or not, this run right now is the one that makes me feel like Na'Vi will have the era. Because I was wondering before, like, nah, when all those roster moves happen, though, even this player break, when you have a break after you've had all that success, it's a chance for everyone 
atrophy, you lose all the form, the momentum, the chemistry you had in the game. There's loads of things can change. So even though they actually don't look to me yet like the Navi that was before the, the Christmas break, they look fucking still legit enough that it's like if I had to ask someone, Richard, right now, gun to his head, like how many of these teams do beat Navi if they play them right now? It's still hard to pick anyone, mate. It's still hard to pick yeah. anyone. You feel I mean, like they can win. Because I'm a sucker for a story. Uh, you know, I mean, so first of all, like I, I will say, you can't compare Navi coming back from the break and being a little bit rusty to like what we saw with Team Liquid when they were the number one team in the world. They were immediately like off a cliff uh, and really struggling to get back to any semblance of the dominant force they were and had, you know, a lot of, you know, silly series de defeats in tournaments they should have gone deeper in. But, you know, if you think back to Blast, Spring, obviously the groups, you know, Navi. Uh, you know, they lost a couple of best of ones. To, I mean, they've lost to this diabolically bad Astralis to MIPR. They lost the best of three against Nip. They dropped a map here against Ents. They should have lost to FaZe. And now they should, in theory, take on G2 with Monazi, who has said, you know, I'd love to play against Na'Vi and show them what they're missing. So, you know, maybe... Maybe, maybe, maybe this is the time where Navi are going to get a bit of a rude awakening because I agree with Duncan's assessment. You know, Bit being the 41st player overall statistically, they're basically getting through on the good graces of Blade's system. You know, he you, you've probably seen it if you've been watching the stream. He's just giving out fucking these, you know, like dossiers to all the players and really oh, sort of drilling them. Yeah, and, and and they're you know it's working right. I mean, like they they've had just enough in the tank to get through some of these uh, matches, most notably phase. But I just wonder if you know, young kid with a point to prove, with swagger and an ego, kind of sounds like simple, right? Back in the day, you got to wonder. You got to wonder. And I know G two and Navi, they have a great back and forth banter. You know, Carlos and the owner of Navi as well. So. I think that's, you know, if we get that series, that's the tantalizing one. And I think that's the real test. If Na'Vi come through that, that G2 match unscathed, yeah, they probably win the whole tournament. By the way, I've just thought of something that actually no CSGO fan is prepared for this yet because it's never actually happened in CSGO while he was the guy around. If Na'Vi, because obviously, realistically, even though Na'Vi had the, the great result of the major, like at the end of last year, every analyst would tell you they obviously weren't the best team. They shouldn't have been the best team. You look on paper, they were a flawed team that needed roster moves. But now that they actually have the pieces where look where they are in the tournament look how good the team looks now there's a world we have to now envision what if g2 becomes number one in the world right it's possible it could happen if that happens i'm not exaggerating if you're a csgo fan it will be the best period ever for like trash talk and fucking media manipulation like carlos will literally run csgo you you're not prepared yet you're all still thinking like that's just some shit from league of like no you don't understand the problem is you can't shit talk the way he wants to unless you actually do have the best team because at the moment if he shit talks like the difference is navi does beat him navi does win all the championships like all he's doing is just making like a cool angle if he actually does end up with the best team mate it's going to be amazing because here's the thing carlos himself like it's here's what people don't understand because he himself does the shit talking as the owner and the ceo it means the players don't have to like nico won't have to actually trash talk simply if you haven't noticed by the way except when he's just coming up to me half drunk over two and a half beers nico's not actually very good at trash talking he just tends to do sort of like he just shyly looks at his feet and goes hey, good luck simple and then they just go and play a fucking final like it was a fucking crochet contest you can't it's supposed to be war it's a fucking literally a metaphor for war and you're going good luck
luck. I hope he does well. Wait, he more kills your family, you moron. I hope he does really badly. I hope he drops dead right now. And then I just literally kick his eyeball before he fades out of existence. That's what I hope. I'm not, yeah, I never say good. I've got the worst luck. I hope you fucking remember everything horrible that happened in your life. I hope, all, I hope you have a vision of your whole family dying. The death rattle of your own family right before you're about to play me in a 1v1. And I'm just thinking about fucking poppies. And I'm just dominating your ass. So that's all I'm saying is you just wait until Carlos actually has the best team. He's going to fucking make an amazing scene. It's going to be so good you won't even believe it. I'm just nearly choked. <laughs> there you go. That's what well, would happen if you were playing against me. Exactly. Uh, I would like to add real quick. me and Duncan plug, doing podcasts plug. together. He doesn't speak for me. Well, a quick plug for, uh, for Duncan's YouTube channel, actually. He's got an interview, a great interview with Carlos uh, that's still up right now as well. So you guys should definitely, if you want to hear what he's talking about, go and listen to that one on uh, Duncan's channel. It's mega fire. But uh, it is that is going to be the big pop-off moment. I mean, do, do you think Navi have the firepower to go toe-to-toe? Because, yeah, Monacy was talking a little bit of smack, obviously. You know, I'm coming for you, Sasha. All that. But, uh, and obviously... That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, what is it about... CIS region, has, CIS region has no trash talk, dude. What is the trash talk here? Like, hey, simple, I'm coming for you. I'm like the greatest player ever. I just won the major. Yeah, but I might win one one day. What are you, what are you even talking about? That's <laughs> like you going, I might date your girlfriend one day. I'm dating her right now. You're talking about what might happen. <laughs> then him going like, I'll show you what you're missing. What are we missing? We have the best team in the world. Some people say maybe ever. And you just got us a load of money from a greater fool. What are you talking about, you moron? We're loving this. What are we missing? You sitting there going, ha, can I? Like some fucking, some reamed out CIS fucking Bobski-esque reek. Like, can I play? No, because the team's still good. Get the fuck out. The difference is, Bobski should have been in Astralis. It's totally justified you weren't in the team on a C. You're not good enough, mate. Like, it's cool that they're sold you to G2, maybe in a few years. But, like, right now, they're still trash talk. Like, they're just better than you. And they sold you for money. Where's the trash talk? Ha, you sold me for money. Yeah, no, I've got money. If he wins, if he wins, no, I've got money. I've got money. I know, like, if he no, wins, if he wins, like, then it'll get interesting. But I, I low-key hope he doesn't just because he's so bad at trash talk, though. I, I know it's the more wackest reason ever. To hope a young player doesn't find success in his burgeoning career. But just get back to talking shit, you little rat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Let, let's smooth you have his Twitter account for a year or something. There we go. That'll spike it up a bit. Literally, as we were recording this, Smoothie did just get benched by Fnatic. Why break the habit of a lifetime? <laughs> Mental, innit? Uh-huh. Mental. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. So he'll so have plenty of free time. Maybe he can handle Minnesota's Twitter. Where did Smuya wind up on the players? Didn't do very well. He didn't do very well this tournament, huh? No, no. Uh, unfortunately, online, he just hasn't been that good, man. I mean, to be fair, he hasn't played loads of lands, has he? Like, it was years ago. He was in like, a tier two team most of his career, but he didn't do that great. Like, if you look at the numbers, it's not a total shock to me. They've benched him. I, the problem for me is obviously who's coming in to replace him. That's my OBI question. Well, yeah, you don't have a. I mean, it's the op roll again. It's just like the Achilles heel. Whose music is that? Wait, wait, wait. Device? Device is mute as if. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was He was like joint uh, on stats with Crims, and, and Brolam was the oh, best yeah. uh, player statistically for. Uh, can we say that it's a stats thing then, or is it? Uh, could it be the communication uh, thing coming back? To I don't know, man. I, like I, I, that, that guy can't get a break. I mean, like, listen, if it comes out, he was an asshole, but I just don't believe he would be. Like, he worked so hard to get into a position to be on this team in the first yeah. place. 
And if you know anything about, you know, Owen, obviously, like, you know, he's had to really rein it in. He's like that fucking meme of that guy doing that. Like, don't say anything ridiculous, you know? And he's he's done really well. He's worked on his behavior. He's worked on his image. He's worked on his social media. He was killing it on uh, on the, the server um, in general with Fnatic. I mean, it's no coincidence he joins and then suddenly they're winning those Pinnacle Cups and becoming like a legit underdog team. And now they've benched him and benched him with no real fucking replacement in mind i mean that's that's just utter ma- yeah and, and and according to the reports they're saying oh the decision was made before katavita i will say technically that's, that's just reminded me of a detail they did technically when they signed him i believe say it was like a three-month period and that was in october yeah, it's been longer than that yeah, it might it might be just yeah, it might be right. It might have been just past that, but that like that's obviously just like also a get out that they just have built in there if they claim that, you know. Yeah, I, so I I don't know what's happened, but you know it sucks, um, and uh, it seems on the surface at least without mo- knowing more addition you know additional details seems to be like a pretty awful uh, 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 call. But anyway, yeah, I mean that that apparently got told at the airport as well. That he's that he's cut from the team. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that is just utterly brutal. That, he, yeah, that, 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 that is like classic UK esports right there. That's like some vintage UK esports shit right there. Like, to, yeah, uh, you, you're all at the lab and you go, oh, never mind. We'll get him. We'll yes, get him next exactly. time. We'll get him next time, guys. See you. See you online. Yeah. See you online. And you get to the car park at a fucking i series in Telford and beep. Oh, I've got a text. You kicked. That's it's not, like, it's <laughs> even from your teammates, right? Your teammates are all yeah. like, see you next time. Can't wait. Let's get it. Let's yeah. really grind this week, guys. Yeah. It's just, you're in there, just like, sorry. I've got to let you know, but you, you are kicked from the team. Uh, clear out your locker by the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Those people that were just smiling at you all fucking hate you. So, so you're out. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, if, if we're going to find out eventually, like what was the reasoning behind the, the roster change? Uh, does leave you wondering. Yeah, so, well, we'll have to wait for the invariable fucking esports to it longer. Yeah, here's the issue. And let Smoothie himself say something, and let's be real. Bear in mind, this might have been his last big shot. I think he has to say something regardless whether he fucked up or not. Like, you have to essentially, like, put all your cards on the table if you want anyone to trust you again. The problem is, unless he does it, I don't actually see this info coming out, unlike the other cases. Because think about it, right? Crimson Brawlan are just, like, ridiculously Swedish. Now, they're not coming out popping off with a big statement. and they're not going to say anything about it. Then you look at the other two players. Alex already was a little a bit mysterious about that whole shit of like why he was leaving Vitality initially if you remember you only actually did that interview with me when he essentially had no offers and wanted to come to Flashpoint teams then you got Mezzi and he's just a brand new guy to the scene who doesn't seem to say anything either so I have to say I assume Smoothie himself will just eventually like, like even if it's just on his stream eventually he'll leak some of the reasons surely it's got to be that's how it'll eventually come out I feel like Fnatic might just downplay it though mate and just try and just move on from you know not yeah. a terrible idea by the way good news for Farlig though Probably gonna get a call, any. I'd have a chance, yeah. Mm. International roster. Well, hey, Yogi retired. I feel like we're kind of winding down now, so it's probably a good time to. Uh, yeah, we're talking it. about falling. Yeah, yes, I mean, yeah, we're gonna definitely winding down. Let's do this prediction for the uh, prediction for the grand finals, right? Because this is the bracket, the playoff, everything Ooh. is going into it. Because it's a tough thing, like. I think that phase gambit heroic side, like I could literally, if I had 20 minutes, just make myself believe all three teams make the final in different scenarios, you know. So if I have to pick one, 
Because here's the thing, I still, I will still say Navi. Like, essentially what I just told you about those stats where Navi actually have terrible stats compared to what they used to have fragging-wise, but they're still in the semis. Like, I have to actually see that team be eliminated from the tournament. I can't bail on them now. I don't care that they don't get in the best form. So I'm going to say it's Navi versus... I feel like it's Navi versus Heroic. I actually do think Heroic makes it. Like, FaZe Clan was the other one I was going with. I'm not as much in on Gambit. But the thing is, like, I could also see a world where... If Heroic just plays like they have, I, I, I'm going to say it's Navi Heroic in the final, which, by the way, is is the major final I wanted, but we never got, so I'd be interested to see it happen. Right. Yeah, I'd go phase Navi. Pretty cool. Think how cool this would be as well if you really want to make this year hype. Have the two finalists be teams who never made any roster moves, but then all these other teams' roster moves look awesome. Mate, this year's going to be so sick. Yeah. You can already tell from the way this tournament's gone, it's going to be so good. Yeah, for real. But yeah, I, I, I got Navi versus phase. Uh, maybe FaZe could could do it and, and shock the world. Uh, definitely an outside chance. But my gut feeling is if Na'Vi make it to the final, it's Na'Vi's tournament and it's business as usual uh, in 2022. Man, no uh, no love for the G2 there, the G2 upset in the uh, in that semifinal. I, look, I, you know, I know I said earlier, I'm a sucker for a story. That's, you know, the the... That's an aspect of, you know, my brain is telling me that like Navi should be favorites against G two. Like it'd be insane if like G two uh, beat like Navi to make it to the final like this early on in this team's oh, life sure. cycle. It's like that. It would be an insane story, and then obviously they have to go on and win it, right? But who who knows? I mean, what what I will say is that will be one of the series of the year. I can't see that series under delivering a slightly below par Navi taking on a slightly fucking well, not even slightly, just Nico in God mode. It that, that's like a tantalizing prospect. But yeah, I think we're looking at Navi uh, phase. Oh, perfect. On that note, gentlemen, thank you once again for a fantastic show. And I'm uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to the playoff bracket here for Katowice. It's going to be terrific. And I like that we have a bit of a, um, at least a split on in terms of one of these uh, semifinals. Who's going to be going up against Navi? So that to look forward to. But uh, as always, a pleasure. And everybody, you know, be sure to tune in. More Pop Flash will be coming at you soon. <laughs>